Hello, everybody. My name is Vitaly, Vitaly Tavour. I am running product at a company called Cloudin. The main star of the show today is Brent Eubanks, who is VP Technology in Ticketmaster. Thank you for coming. Uh, first of all, thanks everybody for joining this session. Uh, this session is about uh, getting the best of your cloud. Now, before I came here, I was talking to two guys about Docker containers, and one of them told me, you know, I will never be as excited about cost as I am about the performance and other stuff. And then I had a small talk with him, explaining that actually in the cloud, cost is probably one most important metric because everything boils down to cost. So what we're going to do is talking about what is cloud cost metric. Is it operational? Is it financial? We, Brent will present what Ticketmaster has done with clouding and with all the cost management to really get the best out of Amazon. Then we'll talk about cloud efficiency in general and some industry trends insights. In the end, we shall have a short Q&A session. You're welcome to be interactive. If anybody wants to ask the question during the presentation, you're welcome to come here and ask the questions. In general, the best questions asked near the microphone. Thanks again. Brent, I think it's all yours. Great. Thank you, everyone. So I'm in a unique role at Ticketmaster. I kind of sit in between tech ops, procurement, and finance. You know, I'm trying to play decoder ring uh, for the groups. And I'm really trying to be a resource. So as our product teams move their products in the cloud, we're kind of that resource that hooks into a lot of the telemetry data and says, here's your ways you can fix stuff and how we have new measures. And so the goal is visual insights, uh, accountability. So who has run, running what? And we're all in agreement uh, all the way through to finance. And optimization. So optimizing uh, with proper trade-offs. And another one is uh, in multi-cloud or hybrid mixed modes, uh, how does that get accounted for? And how do we optimize uh, through different phases of progression and complexity? So uh, one of the things we're doing is, is we're talking today about how we run a top five e-commerce site with $25 billion in transaction per year. When we're moving to the cloud, if we're investing that budget, when you go to a provider like Amazon, they're almost an entire data center catalog. It's not just a server line item or a network line item. Or, so there's much more uh, of a pie of things we can buy. And it's that using it and product fitting and how purchase methods are. And a lot of that is just developers today making their best decisions. So as we power so many events, uh, we're really trying to make sure that the fan experience uh, does not get compromised with cost optimization. So there's a balance and a trade-off where we have to understand business context and code context and try and make sure we're balancing the experience while trying to reduce costs. And some of the ways that we do that is looking at kind of what's the motivation, how am I going to make them want to optimize, right? Because it's usually, oh, something's broken, go fix it. Uh, we got to get these new features out, and then priority C is I'll spend 10 minutes on Friday to optimize. So how do we make them do optimization? And so one of the ways is figuring out, okay, well, who has an account today? And we have a mechanism by which you should self-score, uh, and we just recently open-sourced that. It's called Tech Maturity, and it's 
a process by which DevOps folks have a series of steps that they can score. And as they reach tech maturity, we give them an Amazon account so that they just don't completely cowboy it uh, in there. So as they get their license to move in the cloud, we know there is a process that they will follow and they need to have these analytics in so that we can roll things up to a global payer and have pre-built widgets for them. So when we look at what we have, you know, we, we started in and when I joined, they're like, hey, I think we have like 15 accounts and uh, come to find out, it came out of the woodwork. It said, you're not gonna get your bill expensed unless you uh, roll under our payer, lunch acquisitions and stuff. So we have a centralized, both for volume purchase discounts. So as you aggregate your Amazon accounts under one payer, you get uh, incremental savings. Uh, thousands of instances, uh, petabytes of storage, and everything's moving up and to the right. So if we're somewhere between maybe four to 8% of workloads in the cloud, that means 96% of them are still in colo, and they've got a couple years to get over. Uh, so our CTOs have decided we're going all in on public cloud, and the product owners and teams now have to submit migration plans. So they all have to do that, and so everything is going up and to the right. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about today about, well, what's missing when I joined, and what is the request uh, from the different people that I'm being asked in different environments from finance or senior executives or senior tech owners or individual contributing engineers, I get asked all these different questions. So if we're gonna allow them to run and make their own decisions, a little bit of autonomy, they need to have a little bit of data and insights and awareness on what is working and what happens. Because in the cloud world, the next hour after you make a change, it affects your bill, right? And so. The, the time to find something bad or good is usually no more than a day, and you can do stuff. So uh, financial results tracking and technical evidence. So for me to come in and say, I, you've never met me before, but you're doing Amazon wrong, I better have all my stuff together. So I need a multidimensional sphere of uh, attributes and business objectives and everything. And in doing that, we provide technical evidence of predictive analytics and waste and inventory items. Uh, and some of that we get from the cloud and software. And we say, just let them see it. And by their product codes, they can now set up their own reporting. And so it became more self-service. It wasn't like I had to handhold people through. Uh, so we pre-built these widgets and we did it by persona. So uh, you know, C-level, SVP level, senior tech owners who owns groups of products, and then the actual product teams themselves gave them pre-built widgets so they didn't have to think about all the complexities of uh, getting a tool. And so when they log in or their product gets functional on Amazon, now they have uh, awareness and insights of cost, inventory, and items. They didn't have to create it. And so it's kind of the way we, we scaled out um, and did that. So. When we look at the types of challenges, we get all sorts of different groups. Uh, we're a 40-year-old tech company. Uh, we have all sorts of stuff, so acquisitions that were never in the colos and stuff that's you know basically uh, mainframe stuff running on Windows emulators. So we have a, a tech museum, and we also have people, and people are trying to upskill, and there's lots of new technologies. And so they ask different questions, and once we started providing meaningful answers and insights, 
they're asking more intelligent questions. And so that's been really fun to watch. And so we're trying to give them guidance. And when we have the Ticketmaster context be inserted into a tool, uh, that's when we're starting to have it be more pervasive. So it's like a force multiplier. We're asking better questions in the organization. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. There's a lot of cloud confusion. A lot of people say, I got off cloud and went back to Colo and I saved money. Uh, we got out of Colo, we went to cloud, we saved money, and they're both right, right? So we try and figure out a way to have new dimensions and measures that we're going to show you today on how we are thinking about workloads and what is the right workload to run and why, and technical evidence and financial proof helps us do that. So at a workload-specific level, think of a workload like a, a single OS or an OS with a specific role or purpose. And then it's that middleware and code, and is it prod or dev in that environment? And so when we look at the finance aspect, we spend a lot of time in finance for two reasons. One is we're moving models from big buckets into product team allocations, chargeback, showbacks. And so when they're being given a portion of the CTO's entire budget, well, we need to make sure that financially that they're, we're, we're doing well. And so there's a lot of auditing, and that shows up in multiple dimensions of costs of goods dropping as we optimize them. So we have banked savings, and then we have uh, future growth and budgets, so we have cost avoided, so depending on the point in time we're at. So we need finance to be in the same. And then also, you know, like reserved instance purchase covenants. And so, you know, that wasn't really a thing, right? We were figuring this out. So we got to author some new environments who can purchase how much. And so we're on an honor system now, and if we're under a single global payer, how do we make sure that that one product code across these four accounts make sure that their reserved instances get charged back properly to the product code because the reserved instances only show up in the payer account? So I can't optimize a product on the RIs, and then they pay for it, but yet finance doesn't know the source of how to reconcile accurately. So they, they, they miss it, uh, things like that. And then we did some what we call derived tags externally. So in Amazon, if we have like a, a tag and value, what we've done is we've integrated our inventory system. And so we take that one tag and we add five more inside of this uh, clouding tool. And now we have meaningful name for name things that people in the company are familiar with. And that's that Ticketmaster context. So for mapping goals at a high level or uh, commerce or senior tech owners or individual products. Uh, that's kind of what we needed to make sure everyone's looking at the same facts, whether it's optimization or tech ops or portfolio or product inventory or executives. We're all looking at the same stuff now. So that transparency and visibility uh, was really valuable for us. So the reason they brought me in was business justification. Hey, we're going all in. We're going to spend millions of dollars. Uh, let's make sure we don't do anything dumb. And can you help educate an entire community that are beginner and intermediate users of the cloud, can you help us buy better and uh, use it better? And so that is really talking about balancing the quality, performance, experience trade-offs while achieving savings. Uh, and so that's really where it falls in my organization is to provide that clarity and that guidance uh, to the teams. And then as they consume it, it's more cooperative. Think of it almost like, a, like an F1 racing team where you have tech ops and DevOps, which is, you know, in pit lane and the product owners driving the car. All that telemetry system, those 10 people that are looking at all the data 
and they're hooked in and they're trying to just give guidance and everything, that's kind of where I sit, right? So no matter if they're F1 or dirt bikes, they have different little things, but they can still rely mostly on the same infrastructure, platform optimization, uh, toolkits and processes we're doing. And so we have a mandate that we up-level the fan experience. So if you've noticed in our Ticketmaster mobile app lately, uh, even business to business or consumer, we had a big up-leveling. And there's lots of new technology, lots of new systems of systems when you move from a colo to a cloud environment. And as we get these products moving more production out of cloud, you're going to start seeing the pace and the velocity. So we're going to have more features faster everywhere. And so if we're not maintaining the business and quality metrics along with cost, uh, you can't sacrifice one for the other. So you really got to balance it out. And we talk about work and value and cost. And uh, I'll dive into that in the slide here. There's something called IT value tracking. And it comes back to, for the first time, as product teams, we're having folks see integrated sets of data. So how much work does this product do in page visits? Or how many tickets did it sell that day? Or how many users or queries did it process in a minute? Uh, what's the gross transaction value or total uh, average uh, commerce e event? And what did that do to the product profitability analysis, right? Or, hey, we have this product, but only a few people use it, but it's one of our largest expense items. Maybe we deprecate the product or re-architect it when we go to cloud. It's an opportunity to kind of have these evaluations going on, and we're there to kind of measure, uh, you know, different levels of fixes uh, all the way into re-architecture. So when we have this, we're starting to announce the first iterations, and a lot of it's coming out of this uh, cloud and analytics saying, hey, uh, this product was a winner because he went through the optimization toolkit the fastest time, or this product reduced the largest dollar amount, or this product reduced the largest percentage. And so we're having like a winner's board. And so now we're kind of gamifying and we're getting our product teams to you know, kind of compete with each other and say, hey, uh, these guys are winning, right? And so we're trying to get that cultural motivation and it's really been great for our senior executives to kind of push that top down. And now we're even starting to get into, let's see if we can run our business a little better with faster iterations of data than we have been. So as it moves to the cloud, our senior executives have more data with better correlations and contexts so they can make better decisions faster uh, because we're, we're synchronizing data around the products. Uh, and so there's another one, which is the needs improvement board. So part of it is if we say you have this many unattached disks and it's, you know, a thousand a month and you've known about it for three months, uh, all I got to do is ask you and then I just tell your boss you've accumulated it and it gets fixed. So it's kind of like I don't need to police it. It's kind of self-policing. So whether you're a winner or needs improvement, at least people are seeing it now. And that's the biggest thing is if you don't have the thermometer in the beast, you don't even know, right? And so that's a lot of what it was that I came in to do was really put all these, you know, things, let's get a physical, let's hook into the telemetry of the F1 car. Uh, I want to hear everything about it. So uh, when we do that, there's lots of benefits. And one of the things is measuring. And so when we look at end user benefit, uh, we're trying to figure out I don't have time to go around to 1,100 guys and set up their reports. I'm not going to do that. So we needed a way to be self-paced and self-guided with very intuitive features that if you watch a training video for, so I, I created three training videos 
how to log in, what it does, and how to set up your own schedule reports, and they're off and running. And so what we do is we help them educate. So we all seen the, the Amazon Economic Center and how to cut costs. So we created an optimization toolkit, and we had it, you know, standardized down so we got most of the benefit without the really complex stuff. And so when we correlated that them logging into the cloud analytics tools and them logging into the cloud optimization toolkit, just a bunch of confluence pages of stuff, it goes in a proper sequence and order. And so we brought in a partner, uh, uh, ACA Advanced Cloud Analytics, to help understand all of my geek speak. They helped me put in a graphic and an image, and we're, we're looking to try and open source that. So we're, we're trying to release a lot of stuff. We want to try and make sure that we're giving back to the community. There's a lot of systemic waste, uh, and it's a problem. Uh, I've dealt with this for like seven years, about 50 Fortune 500s. They're, they're all doing it, the same things. So when you have execs in finance, what they're trying to figure out is different questions. How am I doing in this group? Or whose throat do I need to choke because that thing's going up, right? And so we can correlate a uh, Amazon billing file to a person, right? And so that's when we're like, who's doing this, right? It, well, there's just a tag and a one gig, you know, CSV file. No, I want to see it, and I'm going to watch him every week until he drops, right? So now the managers are reacting and changing their their tasks in their management meetings, saying, "Hey, we're using this data to help you run better, right?" And so that's what the, they want. So they want different things answered, and they're looking at different measures uh, than the individual product teams. So in the delivery teams, what we're doing on our side is is that they're not typically product owners. They don't typically run P&Ls and their own budgets and optimization teams, and they can't really afford a bunch of DevOps pro guys on their own. So we have to be that resource for them. So we're going to try and how do we achieve constant good quality on a bunch of people that have never maybe been product owners uh, and really good ones. And so we're trying to have foundational elements uh, that we can provide them. And part of that is the data from cloud and then gets munged with about five other sources. And we derive other metrics and meanings and dimensions. So if we combine the data and then we go and add labor and licenses and software and services, now we get a total effective cost of the product, not just the Amazon computing costs. So that's the kind of stuff, and I'll show you what we're doing on that today. So at the end of the day, the only reason I exist is I'm here to tell people what to run that workload on and why. And so if you look at uh, one app, right, so let's say this is just a, a, you know, a lounge and club ticketing. So he has these components, and basically every one of those cells has a right-fit product from Amazon and a right-fit purchase method based on its actual behaviors and time span. So the code context, workload type, the service class tier, if it's a CICD, QA, if it's performant or not. And so they're not doing it granularly enough. And even when we did that, we're trying to say, hey, don't overthink it, right? If you guys are doing this, great. The problem is when we do CICD, they just take the defaults. Oh, M4, X large with SSD, right? One CPU, two CPU, but so they just blast, right? And then you ask them, well, did you baseline price performance value for your code? And so now we're trying to introduce that and do it for them. And so when we look at that, we try to get into what we call level one. So no code changes, no risk, little effort. How much money can we go after? So we need to be able to find the biggest fat 
and go quickly clean it up for them. And then, then you go level two. Hey, if you do a couple script things here and we go through product fitting and scheduled auto scaling, a little purchase method change, we're going to get this additional monthly recurring benefit. And that's usually when it cuts in half the first time. And so what it looks like is when we went through descriptive analytics saying, here's what you have running. They're like, Oh, I forgot that was running. Right. Everyone spins it up. Uh, it's lazy, zombie or orphaned. Everything's over provisioned. Right. So what do we do? How do we account? How do I have a dollar amount of how much it's over provisioned? And so this was an example that, uh, basically yesterday it was three times more expensive for EC2, uh, and it was five times more expensive for, uh, EBS and DynamoDB was twice expensive yesterday. So that was just usability audit, product fitting and cleanup. And it was just from a very simple thing of turning it on. So literally in like nine days, uh, after we got the instance credentials in, it showed that. And they sa they saved that. We haven't done any purchase method changes. So there was no RIs, no spot instances, no code and engineering enhancements. That was just shine a light on it, right? So that's what it looks like. Uh, so you can see it and then everyone's looking at that and whether that's at a one workload in one environment or you're looking at your entire Amazon bill globally. Right, so you can get these kind of visualizations. And it's that visualization that people need, not uh, a bunch of tables and matrix. So when we look at visibility and optimization, uh, the whole goal is what do I have running and where, right? So finance needs to be looking at the same stuff that the product team's looking at. You can't have one seeing something different than the other. So we have to eventually get to chargeback. They need to be in sync. Another one is how much does it cost me? And how am I doing over time? So if this product's going to triple this year or it's going to go 30% this year, how are we doing while we're running it? And uh, I'll show you a, a, an instance here in a second and what that means. Uh, do we have waste? How much waste? Where is it? Tell me what to do. Fix it. So I need them to go do the work. And now we're trying to implement controls that we come in under the, underneath and we do it invisibly to the end users. Uh, we'll talk about more in a second. So how can we make it run better? That's ultimately what we're here to do. So when we have all this data now, we have these massive, you know, uh, billing files and moving all sorts of tags and everything around for data interchange. How do we optimize it? And the whole goal is let's have two things. And so we're use one called a technology agnostic measure, meaning it doesn't matter if you're on private cloud, on-premise, colo, whatever. Uh, how are you doing running on the stack you're on today? So cost per gig of RAM hour, cost per core hour, cost per OS hour. Those are our technology agnostic metrics. And then if we want to compare on-prem, now we can kind of estimate what went into those components and how are we doing. So that's a new technology agnostic measure. And then when we look at the value, meaning how much work did it do? So if it had to serve this many users or if it processed this much revenue per day, that's value to the business. And then how much did it cost to deliver that? So if we do code changes and it requires, you know, new Java and we got to step up all the instances now and they're twice as expensive, but we didn't get any additional revenue, uh, your cost of goods sold and your product profitability is way down and you're not getting any more revenue and the customer's experience isn't any better. So maybe we should roll that back. Right, So these insights and these decisions have never been there before. And it's really hard to get this kind of stuff out of Colo when there's not really a cloud layer. And so that's a lot of the new capabilities we're introducing. 
And we want to watch that over time, right? You don't want to be Columbus and just say, I don't know where I'm going and I don't know where I've been and I think we're doing okay. Uh, there's no more estimation of vagueness. Everything has, has values within a couple percentage points now. So when we look at this, uh, our technology agnostic measures looking at uh, a specific one product was 44% off uh, the instance hours, 72% uh, off the cost per gig of RAM hour, and 80% off the CPU core hour. And so it, you have to look at it either by individual workloads or just that product or just non-prod. And so depending on the level of optimization we're in, we're, we're watching it at all those dimensions. And it's called cascaded metrics and dashboards. So in technology business management, you have different roll-ups of technology data and insights that people are trying to figure out, right? So when we look at that, the examples, uh, again, these are uh, some screens I have in cloud, and, and I don't want to hold this. I need them doing this and building it, incorporating it in part of their work week. And so as part of their 10% work week, I have these pre-built widgets for them. And so when they come in, they just hit their product code, type it in, and these pre-built widgets populate for them automatically. So we did a global rollout, uh, integrated with single sign-on, and what we did was we watched the cost per gig RAM hour go down, and we're like, wow, we've been optimizing for three months. Uh, why is the bill going up? And they're like, oh, I don't know. You should talk to the app guys, and because uh, I was talking to the, the server side. And so we go and talk to the app guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've tripled the amount of customers that are consuming our service. So that's exactly what we wanted to see, and that's in line with the economics presentations of Amazon, is your unit rates should be going down, but you have to account for the variability in traffic. And if you tripled the amount of users subscribing, we actually did great. That's exactly what I wanted to see, and now we can prove it. What if we did not optimize, and we left it at that uh, high number on the left, and we tripled in size? Can you see how big the bill would have been? Uh, in that period of time if we had not been watching it and not cleaning it up. And so that's the thing. If you don't have the thermometer in, this, this thing goes nuts, right? It's a thousand percent price performance difference of picking the wrong product or the best one. So uh, that's where we get that financial measures of technology agnostic. So it's definitely an operational metric and a financial metric. Uh, and so that's what we do. Grant, thank you very much. One of the greatest compliments to, the, to, to at least to the product like me is when customers are using product in a way that I didn't think about in the initially. And that's exactly what happened with Brent. So Cloudin is about providing three levels or three steps of cloud optimization. Uh, the first one is the visibility. And when you look at the visibility, I've been to several customers. I had a case where I had doing I was doing a demo online, and I was showing the cost breakdown, and the specific instance type came on the screen as being the main cost impact or main cost contributor, and there was silence on the other end of the conversation, and then the customer didn't put himself on mute, and he called to one of his teammates, and he started asking him, why are you using this instance type? We have a policy to not use this. These are extremely expensive. Why am I not knowing anything about it? So the, the clouds provide a lot of data, but this data should be turned into the information, and this information is the visibility. 
you need to, to, to start with getting, getting visible. Every, everything you consume, everything you do should be visible. The next step is the accountability. I, I, I'm not sure how many of you tried to bring your developers or bring the actual users of the cloud to realize the importance of the cost. So we have found two ways to do that. One is gamification, when people need to compete for better results. If you challenge engineers, they typically tend to come up with very good solutions, but you need to actually do that. And as a second direction here, or second way here, is to make them accountable. Immediately as they start paying for what they're utilizing, what they're allocating, they start being much more responsible with what they use. And finally, cloud is changing. Healthy companies always grow their utilization because their, their business grows. It is very important to see that the cost grows less than the utilization, and that's exactly the continuous optimization here. That's where the optimization is extremely important. So talking about cost, in a cloud, if you do not monitor cost on a daily basis, there is what is called a surprise bill syndrome. How many of you have got it? I would guess everybody. Uh, there is a story of a big company dealing with video streaming that was using simple DB in Amazon. And the simple DB was charged uh, at the time by the size of the return data. If you return 1K, you pay X. If you return 2K, you, you pay 2X. And by the amount of CPU processing. At some point, an engineer introduced a new query, new and improved query. The new improved query pulled three times more data without any additional value and used somewhat more processing. And in this specific month, the cost skyrocketed. The simple DB was about 70% of the bill. And this had two consequences. The first one was that the engineer stopped working in the company. And the second was that they have built a team which was watching the cost on a daily basis. They were pioneers in that. And if you are not watching the cost daily, you can see on the screenshot the spike which went up. This is real data of one of our customers. Suddenly the cost went up. And because they were using the alerting system, they were able to bring it down before the month was, down, was over. They have rolled out the system which was much less efficient. And they reverted to the, old, the previous one until they fixed it. So, and you probably know, developers love large resources. And the only way to, to get that is the cost. You know, one more example. Suppose you have a web farm which uses 10 servers. And new version was rolled out, it's less efficient. Now the farm uses 15 servers. Nothing changed, no new business, no new hits on the website. However, you're now using 15 more servers, five more servers. And all the application performance monitoring is blind to this type of stuff because all the servers are running normal load. The response times are okay. But the deployment costs you 50% more. And that's exactly what the cost monitoring is going to catch. That's why cost is so important and operational metric, not just financial. And probably all of you know how easy it is to provision resources in Amazon. And believe me, it is as easy to forget. 
we came at some point to one advertising company and we started analyzing the cost again five servers half of the cost of the, of the company deployment quite significant and we're showing it to them and they say wow it's there for three months after the campaign was over we didn't bring them down they paid for it so that's the importance of the cost when you're talking about the accountability, luckily the cloud providers, Amazon was pioneering that, allow you to tag the resources. Not all resources today may be tagged. Most of them can, but not all. So it's extremely important to use this feature of the cloud to be able to track the costs back. The ability to show a team Guys, this is your cost. This is how your cost behaves over time. It grows. Can you justify the growth, the business metric? Are you doing more business to justify the growth, or are you not? So th this is what we call accountability, uh, the, the ability to break down the cost to the most granular component and to question the need in any cost changes or the, question to, the, the need to question whether this resource is justifiable and when you break it down to this granular level, it's actually possible. So once your users get the visibility into what is their particular spend, you get an entirely different level of cloud consumption. It's much, much better. It's much more efficient. And, you know, cloud, it's all about efficiency. If we were not going to cloud, we would still be using on-prem. Why, why are we going to cloud? It's not, if not for efficiency. Right, and this, this sunburst graphic is interesting because we can have either people or tags uh, associated with these. And so if you're looking at this, like for me, I'm like, okay, I need to go optimize this thing, get as much savings as possible as quickly as we can. Um, you know, you see production is almost half the entire expense. So these are, uh, the, the width is defined by the expense percentage of the total bill for that grouping or that filter. So what we see a lot is, it would actually be completely swapped, where you would have non-production eating up most of the budget. And so now you're trying to figure out, okay, let's go figure out why. Oh, the guy's got five web servers running in non-prod. The policy is you only get one, and you're not allowed to run them longer than your test needs, right? And so we're trying to say, hey, you shouldn't be having multiple roles of the same thing in non-prod. You know, save that for prod. So we start identifying things, and we can carve these up and then say, oh, well, what's eating up everything? And then you have the instance. So, oh, you're all M4X larges. Uh, well, maybe it's a T or a C or an R. Well, what's running? And then you have another one. And, oh, it's JVMs. Oh, well, you should be on memory heavy. So these need to go from M's to R's. And that makes up most of the spend. So I don't have to go deal with all the nickels and dimes and the slivers. I go right after here. So this is how I prioritize either a whole account view, a whole group, just a workload, just an environment. These sunbursts are what I pre-built so that now they, as the product owners, see what I'm seeing and they're like, yeah, let's go fix the biggest contributors of my bill. And if I say, hey, here's how you do uh, product fitting for compute and storage selection and we'll, we'll purchase method, but let's just do these because you guys don't have a lot of time. Let's just start there. That way it doesn't feel so big and complex as we're going to do your entire, you know, product. Uh, it's like, no, can we just go after the ones that are causing the most amount of waste? Right, so this is what I use it for. And finally, optimization. Optimization, as you all know, is something that if you do not do, you tend to have waste. And waste accumulates over time, so optimization is a continuous effort. 
uh, all of us have changes. The projects change, the resources change. Uh, Amazon comes up with new products which you start using, and everything accumulates to inefficiencies. Now, uh, it's interesting that Amazon specifically and cloud providers in general offer you to optimize the environment. This is kind of a paradox, right? Why would Amazon care to have you uh, optimize your environment? Why would they make you pay less for what they are using? Anybody has an idea why Amazon is so keen on optimization? In a way, yes. So uh, in the end of 19th century in England, there was a guy, an economist named William Jevons. And this specific behavior is, re is referenced to him as Jevons' paradox. He showed in his times it was the coal consumption. Uh, he, people were concerned that the coal, is, the coal uh, is running out. And if factories do not become more effective or more efficient, they will use up coal at a much faster pace. So everybody, every factory was forced to optimize. And Jevons, William Jevons stated that if factories optimize their use of coal, not only the coal consumption will not drop, it will, it will go up, it will skyrocket. And that's exactly what happened. And this happens with all paradigm shifting technologies that when you optimize the resource use, when the resource use becomes more, it becomes cheaper, when you pay less for it, you consume much more than that. And the interesting statistics are that we are monitoring in with, uh, within the data that we are accumulating that for every dollar you spend in, uh, you optimize in cloud consumption, you will bring up roughly three more dollars within a year in cloud consumption. So, and companies like Amazon see that. That's exactly why they want you to optimize. They understand that if you optimize, if you're able to drop the cost of the resource, you will, get, you will bring more resources into the cloud. That's called Jevons paradox, and that's why Amazon is so keen to optimize. It's a win-win situation for you and for them. Once you become more confident users of cloud, you will spend more on the cloud. So, Another kind of view that I wanted to share with you is Cloud Index. That's our new baby. We monitor today roughly 15% of total cloud consumption, and we got a lot of data of usage. And what we see is different patterns of different customers, how they use the cloud. Obviously, there, are, there is a very large number of companies which are not efficient, and there is a very small number which are efficient. The goal of each company is, first of all, to assess them, or our goal is to assess the company, where are they compared to the industry average. And the goal of the company for itself is to be able to show that the cost of the consumption goes down all the time, just as Brent was explaining. So with Cloud Index, what you can do is position yourself on the industry average, and it's, it's very interesting. We were asked when we presented it to analysts, suppose you are a rental company. Can a rental company compare itself to other rental companies? So the answer is yes, but it won't tell you anything because it appears that in the cloud, the industry has very little impact on cloud consumption type or cloud consumption uh, way. You, in the same industry, the companies will be consuming the cloud resources in a very different way. 
So you should co compare yourself to similar companies in terms of cloud consumption and not in the same industry. Otherwise, you will be, you will be kind of skewed into your perception. So cloud index is able to show you two things. First, where are you on the average or within the companies like you? The second thing we, we can show you is how your effectiveness changes over time. So we have developed what we call, the name will change, so do not catch me on that, the cloud consumption unit notion. And we calculate the cost of cloud consumption unit. And this cloud consumption unit may be with any resource. It may be with compute. It may be with storage. It may be with support with any type of service. And we bring kind of all costs to the common denominator. We normalize them. And then we're able to show you over time how your actual utilization increases, how your actual cost also increases, but less than the utilization, and how your cost of the consumption unit goes down all the time. That's Cloud Index. I do encourage you to drop by the booth 2025 and see that as part of the demo. Yeah, and as part of that unit metric, I was doing a lot of work in the past with what I did in, uh, when I was a solution engineer was saying, hey, don't give me your list of machines. I don't want all your allocations, and they're three years old. So as a solution architect, we kind of need to redo the SA toolkit for a script-driven world, right? And so we at Ticketmaster have this thing called DevOps for TechOps. And so now all the infrastructure software has to be versioned and controlled, and you have contexts and scopes and realms, and they're all different. And so when we go through that, what we're trying to achieve with that is, is how busy is it? And so we're incorporating that cost of consumption that says, go do an EC2 describe every five minutes on everything out of our time series database. And I want to see how busy the CPU is, the memory, the disk, the disk I.O., LAN I.O., WAN I.O., converted into a work metric. And then it just counts all day. And now we can tag it and filter on that and say, hey, our cost of consumption was this. And so what we didn't have time to show, we had to cut it just for time, was there's a whole separate view. And as we go through time, we've integrated the cost of that consumption. Because with our EC2 bill, we can see the allocations and we can see the cost. But what's missing is, is the delta. You reserved enough work unit capacity, but you only consume this. And in Amazon's billing model, it's like the barrel, and they bill you for the hour of that capacity. But we're trying to show the actual amount of water that thing drank out of the barrel. And so that's what we had to get into was it really exposes the level of great utilization habits and product fitting or the magnitude of how bad the product fitting is. And so that metric allows me to really get into the heartbeat monitor of that product. And that's a key piece there. And that's, uh, I thought we had a graphic in here, but it, it's so important to have consumption actuals that you can then architect. So if we're trying to fit a Kubernetes pod together, I want to see consumptions and spikes. You know, how big is the spike? How long does the spike last? Is it cyclical, right? Does it, is it affected by on sales or not? Uh, is it just for devs on Monday to Friday to five? So I want to find the shape and activity like an EKG heart monitor and say, oh, all these workloads can go in this optimized Kubernetes thing, and I know the total aggregate, and we can just size it perfectly. And then let it just kind of fluctuate. And there's really advanced scheduler mechanisms and stuff that are infrastructure aware. And so we're trying to get rid of that thing of, hey, we got 500 containers, and they're all picking oversized, and they're not using. Why don't we just have 
a abstraction layer with Kubernetes and let them just submit jobs as containers and let's have an infrastructure aware smart thing that my team is trying to size at a cluster node level. They're not doing server level sizing anymore. Let's just abstract that whole thing away because they're doing it wrong and it's not their main job. It's very complex and mundane. And I think we had 32,000 options before this morning and with all the new families and everything that uh, Andy Jassy announced, I think it's a, there's like 650,000 permutations to pick the best OS and product and purchase method with storage from the Amazon catalog. So it's a valuable, valuable resource, and that's why we chose AWS as the predominant provider, was because of that value. But we need to come in with software and really be able to identify and do it for them on behalf of them. And that's really that consumption metric, is to be able to say, this is how busy it is. I don't really care what you allocated, right? Let's, let's do it right. And that's where certified solution architects and certified DevOps guys uh, on top of a Kubernetes layer. So we get compaction, densification, and real allocation mapping. So the lease reservations and activity behaviors, we're now scoping to actual real life events. We're not trying to do a, a Excel spreadsheet exercise. So hopefully that makes sense. And you, you mentioned Docker, the Kubernetes. Actually, Docker deserves its own hour. Docker is a world in itself. Yeah. Docker has so many challenges to overcome. Yeah, there is absolutely zero visibility into what's inside the, the cluster, what's inside the service. Docker is extremely, it's extremely convenient, extremely agile, but extremely wasteful type of deployment. So, yeah. uh, by the way, this slide is something that our marketing requires me to put in. So <laughs> please, do. this is a necessary slide of any presentation. So cloud success, uh, we said visibility, accountability. We said constant optimization, we have seen these are really key needs for any kind of cloud success. Otherwise, you will not be able to have your cloud working for you. You will work for your cloud instead. So I hope this was useful. I hope you learned something new during this session. You're welcome to ask any questions. Yeah, we got about 15 minutes for questions.